0: Hello, my name is Olivia, and today I'm going to be educating you about in-depth history. So if that bores you, you should go ahead and stop listening. We've all taken a history class. You learn the works. Glorify rich white men. Slavery wasn't that big of a deal. All Native people are dead. We're taught to ignore history that reveals the true intentions of our government. So, number one, the doings of Columbus. Christopher Columbus has been praised for discovering America for years, but when you stop and think, wait, why are we even still talking about this guy, you realize how pointless it really is. This is the man who got lost, and the worst thing about the idea that he discovered America is that he wasn't even here. And this guy had no clue that he was in present-day Haiti. He thought he was in India, hence the name for Native Americans. And he was no angel. Directly after landing, he told his men to gather up the women they wanted as slaves. Girls as young as 9 and 10 were put into human trafficking. Besides the pain he inflicted upon Native people directly, he and his men brought diseases and alcohol, and the beginnings of white supremacism in America. After they started colonizing, things got worse. More natives stolen, more destruction of the environment. This brings us to number two, colonization. Natives has always been the last thing people think of when they think this brings us to number two, colonization. Natives have always been the last thing people think of when they think America. The only thing you learn about in school when you learn about Native Americans is that they were forced on the Trail of Tears and just assumed that they're dead. That is only a tiny tidbit of native history. Indigenous people were treated disgustingly by colonists. They were pushed away through acts of violence and terror leading to the death of many tribes. The seventh president, Andrew Jackson, was responsible for the despicable, wretched event known as the Trail of Tears. Natives were forcibly removed from their homes and separated from their families and tribes. Besides the people that were lost, culture, religion, and sacred items were taken forever. This event still affects indigenous Americans today. The people that escaped the Trail of Tears hid in the mountains and caves. One Eastern tribe that still lives in their native land is the Porch Creek tribe of Alabama. They are of the Creek tribe, the same as the Muscogee of Oklahoma. During their forced removal, a few of these people escaped. We are taught about the Trail of Tears so briefly and vaguely that we are desensitized to it. It was a much more impactful event than it is made out to be. Native people still exist. They struggle with intergenerational trauma because of this event those whose ancestors were on it, and those whose ancestors hid from it. Much of Native culture has changed because of this event. Though it really affected the Southeastern tribes the most, it was an assertion of power and dominance made by the white supremacists this country was built by. I will now be interviewing Jill Hamrick, a member of the Cherokee tribe, about her family's experience with colonization and how her family is affected by it today. How has your family been affected by colonialism in the past?
1: Um, it is hard to say because, you know, that was a very long time ago. As far back as I personally can attest to, my grandfather was raised largely by his grandparents. Just from oral history from him, experiences that he had, they were very poor, very, very poor people. And so I think maybe if anything, you know, the poverty aspect yeah and are there any like
0: particular family stories of the past that really stick out
1: yeah so there was one that my grandfather shared with me um about the worst beating or you know discipline he ever got and it was for asking his grandparents what a half-breed was and that was you know like an uh, ugly thing that you didn't say and when he told me that i mean you know that would indicate to me that that was a part of the family history Right. Um that, that was a sensitive area. Thank you
0: so much to Ms. Jill Hamrick for answering those questions. Now, number 3. Natives have gone through other things that are truly ignored even recently. In 1879, a man named Richard Henry Pratt got funding from the government to start a project. This was a boarding school for Native American children. The goal was to kill the Indian, save the man. The Carlisle Industrial School, as it was called, was a form of genocide. Children were forcibly taken from reservations and placed in the school. They were not allowed to express any form of their culture, their accounts of physical, mental, and sexual abuse from the school. They were forced into manual labor, neglected, starved, and some even murdered. Propaganda was created to show that the experiment was working. They used before and after photos to show this. This very convincing propaganda led to more reform schools for Native children across the country. By 1900, more than 20,000 Native children were in these schools, and by 1925, over 60,000. Families were forced to send these children to the schools. By stripping children of their Native identities, they were able to disconnect them from their land. From this, they get all the land, all the money, and no responsibility to uphold treaties with Native people. The fact that this is not acknowledged is intentional. Through activism and new laws, these schools started to close down through the 60s and 70s. Just as they became less prevalent, number four, the adoption era started. Adopting Native children out to white families was a new way to strip them of their identity. Yet this was cheaper for the government and more discreet. Native children were advertised as the forgotten child, and that they were unwanted or orphaned. The thing is, most of these children were not unwanted or orphaned. They were often just ripped apart from loving families that wanted to keep them. In an interview with Vox, Indian child welfare consultant Terry Yellowhammer of the Standing Rock Sioux tribe said, You will still hear people my age and older saying, I remember as a child, the social worker was coming, and people would hide their children. The most common phrases used as justification to relocate children included child neglect or unfit parenting. The criteria used was often discriminatory, as it included overcrowding in houses. Yellowhammer says, an extended family is a big thing for Native people, and that means being judged for being in a house that's overcrowded. So it's always, whiteness is the standard for success, and everything else is judged by that standard. By the 1960s, 1 in 4 Native children were living away from their families. In the same video by Vox, Jane Horstad of the Red Cliff Band of Lake Superior Chippewa said, Children were taken, and believed like I believe, for a long time that there was something wrong with me, versus something wrong with the system. The Indian Adoption Project was a success for those who created it, but Native people felt differently. In 1974, a hearing was held for Indian children's welfare. In 1977, the Indian Child Welfare Act, ICWA, was passed. This is a federal law designed to protect the best interests of Indian children and promote the stability and security of Indian tribes and families to keep Native children in their families or at least in their tribes. However, according to Kids Matter Incorporated, today, a disproportionate number of Native American children are placed in foster care. While 2% of US children are American Indian slash Alaska Native, they represent 8.4 of children in foster care. This means that Native children are still at a high risk for being displaced, despite the act. Many of these children are lost by foster agencies because they are not put in secure care. It is estimated that 94% of these children are at risk for being in child sex trafficking rings. This brings us to our next topic. Number five missing and murdered indigenous women and children. As I mentioned before, as soon as Columbus got to the Americas, he and his crew stole Native women. The disgusting, romanticized story of Pocahontas stems from just one account of a stolen Native woman. Except, she wasn't even a woman. She was just a 15-year-old girl, taken by a man named John Rolfe. In the Disney version of this story, she's an adult who is given the role of protecting the white settlers from her people's savagery, She is also given a relationship with her captor slash rapist. The inaccuracy is beyond disrespectful. She was a child who was stolen and forced to birth a baby. She was taken to England to show that the savages could be tamed. She died on the way there of disease. The story of Pocahontas never ended. Today, Native women are at a disproportionate risk for being stolen. I can't think of a single person that I know who doesn't have some sort of experience says Ivan McDonald, a member of the Blackfeet Nation and a filmmaker. These women aren't just statistics. These are grandma. These are mom. This is an aunt. This is a daughter. This is somebody who is loved and didn't get the justice they so desperately needed. On some reservations, Native American women are murdered at a rate more than 10 times the national average, and more than half of Alaska Native and Native women have experienced sexual violence at some point, according to the U.S. Justice Department. A 2016 study found that more than 80% of Native women experience violence in their lifetimes. Native people only make up 2% of the American population, but about 15% of reported missing person cases are Native people. However, most cases of Native missing people are not reported. Native American women are 12 times more likely to be stolen than people of other races. This means that this is a racialized crisis. Even my own grandmother is at risk of being stolen. A man attempted to kidnap her about 10 years ago, following her through the grocery store and telling her how beautiful she was continuously. Just the realization that my own grandmother or aunt, who I love very much, could be stolen is sickeningly eye-opening. This subject is especially painful for Native people because it has gone on since we were colonized, yet nothing has changed. This is a reminder that Native people are still here. We've always been here. And the voices of the first people will be heard.